0: doesn't matter what you're doing. There's nothing wrong with you. Even if there's addictions or depression or anxiety or this or that, there's nothing wrong with you because those parts of you that lead to that particular outcome, which you don't want, are in fact still looking out for you. They may be mistaken on what that takes, but they still want the best for you. Welcome to the 48th episode of the Leader Rising Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Paul Carvanes. We're here for the people who desperately want to live life. For those whom going through the motions is no longer good enough. And we know as hard as it may be to actually get up off our ass and do something, something we're afraid of, it's going to be far harder at the end of our day to look back with regret. So as we talked about last week, I'm really starting to get introduced to internal family systems. I'm loving it so far, finding it super fascinating and loving the lens through which I can look upon my own life with it. It seems like I'm, I'm going to learn a ton and things are going to make sense. Maybe not the full way, uh, because certainly I've I've found new methodologies before and thought, oh my gosh, this is the holy grail, the silver bullet that's going to solve everything. And of course, in life, almost nothing ever is. But I still think it's going to be a super important ingredient in terms of moving forward and and understanding everything really well. One of the stories I've been thinking about recently was a buddy of mine who's a lawyer and he treated himself to nice things. He was always buying nice clothes, going out to nice dinners. This is before the pandemic, obviously. And I asked him about it and he said, well, growing up, uh, his family did not have a lot of money. And so for him treating himself was a sign that he'd made it. And now if that's where the story ended, it would all be fine, right? There's no intrinsic value to money. If you have money and want to spend it on something like go ahead. But the story didn't end there because he didn't like being a lawyer. He wasn't happy with how he was earning his money, but yet he was spending the money as fast as he was earning it, making it hard to both build up a bit of a war chest and also give yourself some security, flexibility to both transition to something new and to give yourself the permission to transition to something that's less lucrative. But anyway, he couldn't do that because for him, he was running away from not having enough money. I think the theories that talk about how what happens to you earlier in life shape your views later is pretty standard and accepted. And so this guy experienced real lack when not having the stuff that money could buy for him. And so he went out there and bought it. And of course, it's sort of similar to my own experience of being bullied as a kid and how that set up so much of my later life and how everything was working to try and manage around that. And it's interesting too, because it comes up in IFS, right? IFS is a non-pathologizing viewpoint. So in other words, there's nothing wrong with you. doesn't matter what you're doing. There's nothing wrong with you. Even if there's addictions or depression or anxiety or this or that, there's nothing wrong with you because those parts of you that lead to that particular outcome, which you don't want, are in fact still looking out for you. They may be mistaken on what that takes, but they still want the best for you. So from that perspective, there's a super important question that you need to ask, which is, How does the behavior serve you? So for him, maybe he didn't want to be in law and he wanted to do something else, but how does the behavior of spending all of his money serve him? Well, makes him feel good. And even the feeling that he has of not wanting to be in law, how does that serve him? I mean, maybe it serves him well. Maybe it's uh, a message telling him, look, you have other strengths that you want to be using in this world. I'm shying away a little bit from, from saying a passion, like, oh, you haven't, Found your underlying passion because I'm not totally sure that that exists that way. I've been pretty influenced by Cal Newport's thinking on it in the book, So Good They Can't Ignore You. But instead, if you look at it, how does this serve you? So for me, man, I mean, a ton of us probably have a self critic. So for me, how does my self critic serve me? I think pretty obviously, right? By getting me to do more and achieve more. And achievement is an amazing shield in this world someone tells you you're worthless, you can say, oh yeah, look at how much money I have. Look at how prestigious my job is. Look at how hard it is. Look at all this shit that I get done all the time. Look at how I can run a half marathon. And so this inner critic, if I view those successes as a result of the inner critic, man, then the inner critic serves me super well. But sometimes it's not always clear, right? For the people who smoke, how does that serve them? I was just listening to an audio book, Mel Robbins, who's a pretty famous coach. She's coaching some people live on the call. And one of the people was a smoker. And Mel Robbins had said that she has this theory about smoking, that smoking is essentially a "fuck you to life. And so it's a real manifestation of someone who is a rebel, who wants to cut their own path. And I'd say, yeah, I'm going to do it here. Even though you say it's bad for me, f*** you. So in a way, smoking could serve you more than just the break that you get, the chance to reflect, to calm down, the feeling your body gets with the nicotine. It could serve you even more than that. It could serve you through your identity as a way of distinguishing yourself and feeling like, yeah, I'm something, I'm somebody, and I'm going to say, f*** you. And one other question, because sometimes how does it serve you? Well, it doesn't seem to yield an answer all that well. And in those cases. I'd invite you to ask the question, how did it serve you? Because sometimes these things were adaptive at one point, they really did serve us and help us, and they became maladaptive over time. So what worked for us as a kid doesn't really work for us as an adult. If you're on the playground and someone gets in your face, pushing them and yelling can really help get you through the situation and stop it from happening again. But if you're a grown adult wearing a suit in a boardroom and someone gets in your face and your response is to push them. I don't know that that would go so well for you. So if we boil down really everything we've been talking about today, it all comes down to awareness. Awareness really is the first step. What's going on with you? What's going on in your head, in your life? And when you actually understand what's going on, then you can ask yourself whether you want to change, whether you care enough. But awareness, I think, is always the first step. So until next time, dream big, live bigger, and spend some time with your thoughts and your mind and your feelings and give yourself some space to just be aware. Peace.